the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Wednesday, April the 22nd, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on April 22, 1915, the first full-scale use of deadly chemicals in warfare took place. German forces unleashed chlorine gas against the Allied troops at the start of the uh, Second Battle of Ypres in uh, Belgium. This was during World War One. Thousands of soldiers died. They hadn't seen anything like that before. Today, in 1864, Congress authorized the use of the phrase, In God We Trust, on U.S. coins. Today, in 1898, Congress authorized creation of the first U.S. Volunteer Cavalry. It was also known as the Rough Riders. Today, in 1964, President Lyndon Johnson, he opened the New York World's Fair. And today, in 1970, millions of Americans concerned about the environment, Associated Press says this morning, observed the first Earth Day. I'm going to be talking to you a little bit about Earth Day in a few minutes. Today, in 1994, Richard Nixon, our 37th president, he died in New York Hospital. He'd had a stroke, and he they put him in the hospital. He was there about four days and he passed away. That was today in 1994. He was 81 years old. And today in 2000, in a dramatic pre-dawn raid, armed immigration agents seized Elian Gonzalez. Remember when they broke into his parents' home in Miami, or his grandparents' home in Miami? That boy, he was about six, eight years old. I can still see the images in my mind. They broke into the into their house they went into the bedroom. The boy was hiding in the closet, and this was caught. I mean, it was on video. You could see it, and America saw it. It was very concerning. This was 20 years ago today. And they basically pulled the kid out of the closet, and the parents were begging, the grandparents were begging the officials, and anyway, on and on. The um, <laughs> the Democrat president had, and his AG, and his... Secretary of State or whatever had given the go-ahead on this thing. But anyway, they, they're they reporting this morning, there's quite a story on Associated Press about this, but they're reporting that Ilion was taken and reunited with his father at Andrews Air Force Base near Washington. Well, that's a half-truth. He was, but his father was kind of a revolutionary, and he was wanting to support Castro and the Castro regime in, in Cuba, and he had refused to leave Cuba the rest of the family had left. The little boy wanted to be with his with his mother and parents, grandparents, and um, he was begging to stay with the family. He didn't want to go back and be with his dad. So there was a whole other side to that story that was really never adequately told by the mainstream press, as they say. Anyway, that happened today, 20 years ago today, in fact. A North Idaho woman was uh, was faced with a misdemeanor, having a yard sale, shouldn't have had it. Krista Thompson of Rathdrum, she um, she's earned a misdemeanor charge for helping her husband, Peter, he's a truck driver, 
They were sorting through and selling in their front yard some of Peter's late father's belongings. He passed away a while back. The police issued the misdemeanor charge on Friday. According to Idaho law, Krista faces a fine of up to $1,000 and up to six months in jail. When Peter's father passed away, they learned Peter's an only child, her husband, and as I said, they live in Rathdrum. They found out that his dad had a bunch of storage units, like a lot of them, and it was like $1,000 a month just to pay for the storage units that he had stuff stored in. So they wanted to get rid of the bill. They couldn't afford it. They've got five or six kids, I think I read somewhere, and um, they couldn't pay that in addition to their other you know, bills. So they decided to start emptying them out, you know, the dump, whatever. There were some things there of value, so they put them out in their front yard. They live on, according to what I read, they live on Highway 41 in Rathdrum. I've driven through there a lot of times. We used to have a, a little cabin up at, Priest Lake, and I used to go up there. We went up there every summer, and I, I know that highway because sometimes we went that way, sometimes we went another way up through, you know, the over to two and so on. But they live on that highway somewhere in Rathdrum, so there are a lot of cars, maybe not as many now, but there are cars that go by there. So they went ahead and put some of that stuff out in their front yard. People would stop and buy it, kind of like, a, you know, just like people do. However, they were found to be in violation of the shelter at home and the police deemed that the yard sale is non-essential so she is as of the moment she is facing a possible one thousand dollar fine and up to six months in jail unfortunately that's not an isolated case a mother of two was arrested in meridian idaho one of the most conservative states in in the country. I love Idaho. But they she was she was arrested yesterday in Meridian. The reason she was arrested is that they live just a few houses down from a park. She walked with her kids over to the park and they were playing on the um, playground equipment there. And the police came and uh, told her the park was closed off, I guess because she lived in the neighborhood, she thought it probably wasn't closed off to her. I mean, very likely she shouldn't have been doing that, I, I suspect. But within hours, within hours, she had been arrested. And there's a video out there with her, with handcuffs, her arms behind her, and she's handcuffed, and two police officers are, you know, issue, taking her away. I suppose they took the kids into custody. I didn't read enough to get all the details because I didn't have time, but I saw this and I saw part of the video and it's very alarming. And I think people are seeing this. And when you see it in in Idaho of all places, it it is very alarming because you think of Idaho as a very conservative. And I've been a fan. I've never met him. I don't know him, but I've been a pretty good fan of of the governor there and some of the things he's done. But you see this happening and this is what we're seeing the result of this in our nation today. And these people, and I said this yesterday, but these people that are out in Olympia and, and Minnesota and Michigan and other places around the country, and there's a growing uh, movement of people going out and demonstrating and protesting. And 
at some point there will be some crazies out there that will do something very bad. I mean, it's just going to happen because there's always that element among any group of people. But by and large, the people that are really demonstrating and protesting some of these things are just ordinary people, and they're fighting to survive. And they're not, they're not in denial. They're not oblivious to the fact that the coronavirus is real. I think all of us know it's real, and it's killing people. It's killing a lot of people. But they're also fighting for their life in a different way. And they see the encroachment of government, and they see it continuing. In fact, Governor Jay Inslee gave his speech yesterday afternoon about how Washington State's going to work its way out of, of this. And he made the statement at least a couple of times that I saw it's going to be a very, very long time. It's going to be a very, very long time. Well, that it, it may be, but boy, emphasizing that, the timing of making that the emphasis, I don't know, maybe he was just preparing people. But people are are concerned about their lives. And that's what they're reacting to. And they're also reacting to the fact that they don't trust they don't trust elected officials, particularly secular progressive Democrats. They don't trust them. Snohomish County Sheriff Adam Fortney said yesterday, he believes last night, he said he, he said he believes that Governor Jay Inslee's stay home order is unconstitutional and he is not going to enforce it. He's a Snohomish County Sheriff. He's, he posted it on Facebook last night. He wrote, and I'm quoting him, I believe that preventing business owners to operate their businesses and provide for their families intrudes on our right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. As your elected sheriff, I will always put your constitutional rights above politics or popular opinion. He said that there are other sheriffs in Washington state who are not going to enforce the order either. He didn't name who they are, but I know who one of them is. It's the Franklin County Sheriff, J.D. Raymond. He's issued a statement that's very close to what Fortney was saying. He said, I'm just not going to do it. And I guess there, according to what Fortney said, there's others that are saying that as well. This is not the way society is supposed to work, but we're being pushed into this. Yes, the coronavirus. I agree with the shelter at home. As I said yesterday, my wife and I are in the over 40 group, the so-called elderly. I don't feel elderly, but we're in that group. I don't want to die from a virus, and I don't want somebody to come to my house and give it to me. I mean, let's be real about this. But on the other hand, the the intrusion of it is, is almost as forceful as the virus itself in many cases, and the problem then is complicated, and it's it's multiplied by the fact that people don't trust some of these authorities. Yes, they're elected, but they weren't elected by some of the people that are feeling uncomfortable. It's just that the Puget Sound has a kind of a colony of far-left people that override or dominate statewide elections. Same thing in Oregon. Same thing in California. It has been. Some feel it's changing in California. But this is this is what we're seeing today and it's a very dynamic it's a very fluid situation and there is the potential for this to really explode and it it isn't about people being uninformed and stupid but that's how the left-wing press always characterizes people who want to cling to the constitution and a bible and a few guns that's how we're always cast by the folks on the left always always 
They never miss an opportunity. Ronald Reagan said a lot of things that are very quotable, at least to me. He said, government's first duty is to protect the people, not run their lives. Well, that's where we are today. Government's first responsibility or duty is to protect, not run our lives. And when you see some of the actions that are taking place, I mean, who knows a person's heart? The Bible says we don't even know our own heart. It says our hearts are deceptive, wicked, evil, because man has sinned and man is broken. And sometimes we do things not understanding our own motives, so certainly I can't evaluate the motives of anyone else, but you can sure look at what they're doing. And when you see consistent patterns, you have to wonder about the motives. And speaking of motives, today is International Earth Day. As I said earlier, yeah, it started 50 years ago. It's the 50th anniversary. But it's the 50th anniversary of a reemergence of an ancient religion in many cases. Oh, there's people out there today, you know, carrying signs, and there'll be millions of people. Your news will be force-fed on Earth Day today, especially by tonight. They'll have a whole bunch of video. They're already getting video from Mumbai and India, and it's showing thousands upon thousands of, of Indians carrying big signs about Earth Day and, and so on. So it's, it's a big deal, and a lot of people have bought into it and, and so on. And it's it, there's a there's a thread of truth in the fact that we are called to be stewards of God's creation, but these folks are are not demonstrating for stewardship of the earth. They're, they're demonstrating, and some of them don't even know what they're doing, but they're demonstrating to worship the earth because if you look at the the new green deals, whatever they may be called, that are prominent today in our world culture, globalist culture, every one of them eventually puts man in submission to the earth, to the resources, whether it's oil or mineral or whatever it is. So that's what it's all about. Futurists, an atheist, Carl Sagan, he predicted such a time. He put it in a spiritual spiritual context. Atheists are spiritual sometimes. He wrote a book in 1994. It was called The Pale Blue Dot, which is Earth. In the book he wrote, and I quote, A religion old and new that stressed the magnificence of the universe as revealed by modern science might be able to draw forth reserves of reverence and awe hardly tapped by the conventional faiths. Sooner or later, he says, such a religion will emerge. That's not ancient history. He wrote that in 1994, so that's been a while ago, 20, what, 26 years ago. But if you go to the Pantheist website, of which uh, there's a lot of his writing on that website, he and, and what he believed in the Pantheist website is very closely linked. If you go to the Pantheist website, they ask two questions. There's a lot of information there, particularly promoting World Day today, or Earth Day, I mean. But they ask two basic questions. You almost feel like it's a religious approach, although many claim to be atheists. But they ask two questions that one might ask if they were introducing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
The first question they ask is, do you believe that humans should be a part of nature rather than set above it? And, of course, that is a direct slam against the account in Genesis, where God created the heaven and the earth, and he gave man dominion over it, to subdue it, to manage it. They don't like that. It's not politically correct, and it runs against everything they stand for. The second question they ask on the pantheistic website, and I wrote an article about that today, and in fact, at faithandfreedom.us, you can go there, and there are links to what I'm talking about now. Some of the other things I've talked about and will are not in that article, but this is. So you can look at it if you want, faithandfreedom.us. The other question is, are you skeptical about a God, capital G, other than nature and the wider universe? And it goes on to say at length, and I'm not going to pursue that any further, but they go on to say at length that if you are questioning, if you have questions, then you are qualified or you can become or you may already be a secularist or a pantheist. A number of years ago, Seged advocated the idea of religion, old and new, atheists, pantheists, uninformed nuns, not Catholics, but N-O-N-E-S, people with no religious affiliation. They were laying the groundwork for this new religion. It's based on science, of course. Science is faulty, particularly having to do with global science. They've really, they've, they've muffled scientists who don't agree with the green movement, and there are many. They say the earth is not warming as it is, as it is said to be. They're saying many of the numbers that go into creating this religious view are skewed right from the get-go. Even the scientists that are doing it say so, but they have an, they have an excuse for doing it. They say, well, these, these um, instruments that they have scattered around the earth are, are not correct and we need to adjust to meet certain other variables and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, today in 1970, 25-year-old graduate student Dennis Hayes, he organized the first Earth Day. It was a resounding success. The organization, the Earth Day organization, they have their website as well, and they say that it brought out 20 million Americans. They say that was 10% of the United States population at the time. Now, these were groups in various cities, not all in one place, of course. But they say that helped spark the modern environmental movement, and that is true, it did. Dennis Hayes is now the board chair emeritus at Earth Day Network. That's the nonprofit organization that runs this thing worldwide. He's also president of the Bullet Foundation. The Bullet Foundation was established in 1952 by Dorothy a well-known secular progressive from Seattle. In fact, she founded King Broadcasting Company in Seattle. Many of you know that. Some may not have known that, but she did. She's also remembered as someone with a lot of influence who probably hated at least strongly disliked Billy Graham. Hayes says that he remembers today in 1970 very well. He said he began by attending a sunrise ceremony with Native Americans welcoming the sun to bless the day. He then flew to New York, where then Mayor Lindsay had blocked off 40 blocks. Hayes, in a recent interview, says, I remember well on this day today, 
New York City. He said, the sea of people literally extended over out over the visual horizon. Hayes remembers he then flew to Chicago. He was met with crowds there. That had been organized for his purposes by progressive community activist Saul Alinsky. He spent the evening, he says, with his staff drinking beer and, quote, feeling good about the way the day had gone. Well, a new movement had been created. At about the same time, in the 1970s, James Lovelock developed the Gaia hypothesis. Gaia is being the name of the ancient Greek earth goddess. He created a religion around that that caught on. There are many adherents. It's a religion that worships Mother Earth because the Earth is a living organism that gave birth to the human race through the evolutionary process. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Of course. Mother Earth birthed all of us. It's not a creation. There's not a God in heaven who created the universe. We don't need that. We're God. But we bow down and worship the Earth. And we do it through the matrix of this Gaia, ancient mysticism, of earth worship. Earlier this month, De- Dennis Prager wrote an article. It was titled, Maybe Nature Shouldn't Be Worshipped After All. And I, of course, I caught my attention and I looked at it. It's very interesting. I'd like to quote a little bit from it. In it, he quotes J.K. Chesterton, who said, When people stop believing in God, they don't believe in nothing. They believe in anything. That's so true. And it's perhaps closer to Scripture than even Prager would realize, I mean, based on his beliefs, but he notes that of all the false gods, nature is probably the most natural for people to worship. Every religion prior to the Bible had nature gods, the sun, the moon, the sea, gods of fertility, gods of rain, and so on. So true. This is why the farther that Western society gets from the biblical Judeo-Christian beliefs, the more nature is worshipped. It's just, it's an automatic, and this thing was set up for those people who are in their own hearts are moving away from God. It became a receptacle. Cults, many of the cult churches, if, if you read the surveys, many of the people in cult churches, and I'm not going to go through the list of them, but some of them will come to your mind, I'm sure. But you go through that and you'll find that like there, there's one cult church that's very large, but 70% of the people in that church, in that organization, they have many churches, came from evangelical background. And you find when people deny the truth of God's word or even grow cold toward it or even start questioning about it, I mean, not that we don't have questions, but start moving away from that, you find that they automatically go to certain things. And this environmental, this earth movement is probably the king of all of the falsehoods that are out there as far as a replacement religion. Russ, or Ross Douthout, he's a writer for the New York Times, he said in an article, it's been a while back, but he said, quote, the threat of global warming has lent the cult of nature qualities that every successful religion needs, a crusading spirit, a rigorous set of thou shalt nots, and a piping hot apocalypse, like a substitute for hell. Well, they have a substitute for hell. They say the earth is going to burn. I mean, they were saying it was going to burn years ago in just a matter of a short time. It didn't, but they're still saying that. There's nothing higher than science 
for an atheist because the natural world is all there is. So worship the earth, the environment, or nature, it's almost inevitable. I mean, it always comes. It is very difficult for someone who's moving away from God to embrace the truth that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's a very inconvenient truth for the secularist, humanist, atheist. They just can't quite handle that. And so it has been marginalized in pop society now to where it's kind of hip to not believe it. If the person who believes in nothing continues to read Genesis, though, it becomes intolerable because they soon read God telling humans to, quote, I'm quoting God, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. The idea of subduing rather than worshiping earth runs counterproductive to these people, and it's a real problem to them. It's meltdown time for the secularists. Interestingly enough, the coronavirus pandemic makes an undeniable point. This morning in the Huffington Post, they write a long article about this. I mean, it's too long, but it's a long article about Earth Day. They say 20 million people rallied, marched, and staged cleanups across the country on April 22, 1970. Huffington Post is far left. It happens to be owned by Verizon, if you didn't know that, but it's far left. And it said, the story says, many carried signs that read, Mother Nature Bats Last, being, you know, they're the least of the team or whatever. But they say in this article in Huffington Post, but who knew there would be actual bats involved? And then they go into this COVID-19 pandemic, and they say that neglect of, of, our, of our environment and neglect of becoming a earth worshiper has led to these natural disasters. I'm quoting them, the starkest example of natural disasters foretold but not prepared for, the destruction of unique habitats, logging of rainforests, consumption of displaced wildlife such as bats and chimps and all of this, I'm quoting them, has led to most of our recent viral outbreaks from AIDS, Ebola, to the coronavirus, and it goes on. But that's the tone of the story, and that's the tone of the culture in which we live. Nature, Prager makes the point that nature, as it turns out, is not our friend, let alone a god. If it were up to nature, we'd all be dead. He said animals would eat us, weather would freeze us to death, and disease would wipe out the rest of us if we don't subdue nature. As Scripture says, nature will subdue us. God's view is found of this in Romans chapter 1, and I would just encourage you, many of you, most of you have read it. But if you haven't, just read through it. Verse 20 and 21, since creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. God has revealed himself in his creation. Although they knew God, they did not glorify him. Professing to be wise, they became fools. I mean, it's very clear. It's not acceptable It's not politically correct, but on this Earth Day, I mean, take a deep breath and look up, look across, look at the hills, whatever you can see. And the fact is that God himself created what can be seen. The psalmist wrote, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. So happy Earth Day in the sense that worship the creator of all things. He created the earth. We're supposed to take care of it and be stewards, but we're not supposed to worship it. Hey, thanks for being with me today. It's always a pleasure. And thank you for your support. We need it.
Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Thanks for being here today. I'll see you tomorrow.